Coach Edelstein here, your celeb expert and your celeb savant. Celeb Savant is a weekly entertainment show. We have long-form career retrospective type interviews with celebrities, singers, actors, and industry experts. On this episode of Celeb Savant, I'll be speaking to Danielle Jouret. Danielle was raised on Motown Records and is a songwriter and vocal powerhouse born to bring soul to the forefront of today's pop music. With precise vocal runs, a three and a half octave range, and not a drop of auto-tune, her voice is one in a million. With her music featured in CBS's Love Island, US and UK in 2021, her music has reached new heights, charting the top 100 in the USA with multiple songs on adult contemporary radio. She has also charted in the top 100 pop charts around the country on Shazam, Spotify and iTunes, while being featured on American Songwriter magazine, the Chicago Tribune, ABC 7 Windy City Live, Apple Music's UK Rising, Sirius XM Radio, and Mahogany Sessions London. Up next on Celeb Savant, we've got Danielle Jouret. Danielle, where do we find you in the world? What's happening in your life? And how are you doing? Hi, thank you so much <laughs> for having me. I really appreciate it. Um, I'm based in Chicago um, right now, and I really love being here. It's um, especially my producer that I write all of my music with lives here. So I'm super fortunate where I can just go and meet with him every single week and we can work together. Um, and I'm currently working on something. I, I, I usually people joke and they always say when I drop my yearly single. So this year, I think I'm going to drop one more song before the end of the year. So that's what I'm currently working on. Did you always live in Chicago or did you only recently move there? Yeah, so um, I grew up in, uh, or was born rather, in um, the suburbs of Chicago, and okay. then I was raised in Tampa, Florida. So oh. I lived in Florida, and then we just recently, recently, meaning like 10 years ago, <laughs> uh, moved back uh, to, because a lot of my family is here. But now the, <laughs> it's a bit of a... <laughs> contradiction in weather <laughs> isn't chicago like sort of freezing sometimes and florida is like always oh, hot <laughs> yeah it was um there was just they're so like incomparable like you can't <laughs> there's really no way to like describe it i'm yeah it's it, it truly they don't even compare really it's <laughs> it's like night and day yeah. it was it was it was definitely different for sure now, let's take it back, all the way back to your, or start of your singing career. When yeah. did you start singing or realize that this is a path that you wanted to take? Let's start in the beginning of your journey. Sure. So my father, I grew up with him in the industry and he did live sound for Charlie Daniels and Bonnie Raitt. Oh, wow. And yeah. And so I grew up with him in the industry. So I really didn't know anything other than um, us having a studio in our home and my dad on the road. And uh, I really don't think I would be in the industry if it wasn't for my father. Um, my father, I just kind of grew up only knowing and seeing the music industry um, and just just a part of it. And so uh, I was always singing when I was really, really young, but didn't think much of it. I would like audition for Disney when I was like five or six, of course, didn't place anything because I, it took me a really long time. I 
really didn't like this how like how I sounded and what I and how I was singing um and I didn't really like the music I was writing and I think it just took years and years of just like hard work and practice in order to you know finally like be comfortable with my sound so it's really funny when people are saying that like they can't be singers or you know that they don't like the way that they sound when they first start because I truly think it's just all about growth and persistence what didn't you like about your sound and what made you realize that or what changed your perception around it I know you said it was a practice and that but was there a moment it was like oh okay because often when we look at ourselves in the mirror Generally, yeah. people, let's speak of other people, when people look at themselves in the mirror, they always look at the, the things that they perceive are wrong with them. So when, right. you, when you were listening to your voice, when you were singing, was it a perception of hearing things that you thought were wrong? Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I was I, I was pitchy. I, you know, I, I had zero confidence. I remember like walking up to the stage for, you know, either like open mic nights or, you know, like um, talent shows for like the school I was going to. And I would just really be so doubtful. And it, it took a really long time for me to own my craft and really, truly, I, I always joke about it, but just years of beating myself up about pitch and stage performance and presence and everything. I, I truly think it took me like 15 years uh, just to finally right now be comfortable and talk to a large audience and just command a stage, but do it in a way of with like while of like being humble and just trying to it, it's like working hard to be effortless <laughs> um which is so funny to say but that's like how it kind of feels sometimes in this industry a few things so this thought yeah. just came to my mind before so i want to share it to you and the audience so i remember when i was doing my journey accreditation course for those guys who don't know what yeah. journey work is google it it's amazing <laughs> www.journey.com <laughs> just side note but when i was doing my journey course brandon bays the developer of journey brandon is a woman she said that when just putting a picture of you like in the sea struggling for that life you know that life thing and the more you struggle yeah. the more you struggle the more you struggle the more you push it away and the minute you stop struggling and you just calm into it that life yeah. thing comes to you so it's that whole element of efforting of trying and trying and trying and over trying yeah. and then pushing it away and then the minute you stop trying it just everything falls into place <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. I, um, you know, for the longest time, and I still do, I, I overthink everything. Oh, and sometimes, you are, you know, sorry to interrupt. You are my, no. I was just messaging one of my co collab um, collaborators saying, it's my overactive yeah. mind again. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I know. And, you know, I, I think in any form of being a creative, um, I think that we just over analyze mm. beat ourselves up and <laughs> overthink everything and in yes. in all actuality um my manager said this to me he goes you're beating yourself up and you're not realizing that all these people want is content from you and that made me think because i i'm constantly thinking about what the next move is and over um strategizing you know what i should do when 
really all people want is just content, but not too much content, you know, so that I mean, I like overthink that. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, it's very, it's very interesting. But I used to really plan out my singles so strategically that like I had to make sure that the sound like made sense from one single after another. And yep. then I realized I love the fact that my, like just recently I just dropped the song Sober and it sounds nothing like I did before and I I, I don't care I it was yeah. how I felt yes and I realized that like when you don't care and you're just putting out your true emotions like that it shouldn't really matter anymore yes. and do, do you actually think maybe that by overthinking and over strategizing and over analyzing it was in a sense a form of procrastination no Not. I, I think it was me trying to make sure that everything is perfect uh, um, uh, yeah. and <laughs> yeah it's like almost the opposite but the reason why I say that also is because um, I think as an independent artist I'm over analyzing everything because mm-hmm. I'm trying I have this goal of you know signing with a publishing company and meeting all these people and I never want there to be um, any hesitation on anyone questioning who I am as an artist or what my goal is or my sound. Yeah. So I always overanalyze everything. So it makes sure like that it, you know, I really, really have this perfect just collaboration and work of art that people won't question yeah. me as an artist. And you always will. And that's the thing of like the circle of own overanalyzing is you're always going to get that person that's like, you have no idea what you're doing and whatever. So yeah. it's like, just don't even worry or hesitate anymore about that and just put out what you love so when when you and i get into the space <laughs> which yeah. for me is quite <laughs> it's much less than it used to be to be yeah. honest but when we get into space we must each email each other text each other and say hey calm your mind <laughs> and we <we'll> send <laughs> each other something to calm each other's mind because we, yes exactly we're so equal in that in that way that by showing the mirror of each other will help us, I think. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you. And I think, (laughs) you know, just really, you know, not getting in your own way almost Uh, too. So it's hard. It's so much easier said than done. And it'll probably take me. And I want to get in that really great frame of mind, you know, where it's like someone just later in life when they don't care what anyone thinks about them, what, you know, or, or they're just very confident and calm in, in the world and in themselves and just like <laughs> write what they want to write and do what they want to do. I like to use John Mayer as an example of that because that yeah. guy just, you know, is a great lyricist and musician and just doesn't care what anyone has to say or think about him. <laughs> Speaking of your creative process what is that i know it's over analyzed and it's over yeah (laughs) you got it (laughs) but besides that when you create a a three to four minute song out of nothing how does that process what is that process how does it come to be is it different every time what influences your words and your lyrics all of those questions in one (laughs) yeah yeah um so it really varies, but my my process first and foremost is if I don't believe that something 
does like if something doesn't need to be said I don't write about it um I only will write if I feel so inclined to and only if it's this feeling that I don't believe is over said and overstated and I feel like I have a space or a place and I need to let it out and let it be. And I say that because every time I try to overwrite or like pick a topic and just really try to write about mm -hmm. it, I, I never succeed because it feels forced. Yeah. So that's like the number one thing is I always like, you know, I, I'm, I'm normally writing when I'm very like, sad or aggravated or angry notice how it's never happy in this lineup <laughs> um <laughs> one day i'll write a happy song just not anytime soon i don't know what it is but anyway that's that's for a different time so you know i i just always have to write from this emotion and then yes. um the last couple of times um from the songs i've written they come very quickly sometimes i don't have any music or anything with them an entire like melody and all the lyrics just come to mind and I'll just write it on a page and then bring it to uh, my producer. Uh, his name is Matt Legrand and he's also my best friend. And so Matt, I'll come to Matt and I'll be like, I have all of this and then he'll, you know, we'll work it out. And I have to say, I'm going to knock on wood here because I... I, I I I hope I don't jinx myself, but I've done this enough where I hopefully won't. I don't know. Um, but every time I work with Matt and every single song I, I have currently, we've always written like written in about two hours or less okay and I'm, I'm so proud of that and so it's I, I always am able to just you know start writing and walk out of the room in one day and just have a great body of work that I you know I'm proud of so it, it and then the work comes in in the next couple you know months of you know tweaking everything and mixing and mastering and all of that but yeah my process really is just writing what I think needs to be written and a lot of it just comes to me but um I like to call myself a top liner which in the pop industry is just someone that you know comes up with the melodies um and comes up with them you know hopefully like quickly so okay. that's really you know my my bread and butter if you will I love writing pop melodies and usually the melody is probably the first thing that comes first I write the choruses first I do that on purpose because if I don't have a catchy chorus, I feel like I've failed as a writer. <laughs> I like to, you know, have something that people can sing along with by the yeah. next time that the chorus comes along. So, yeah, that's the long-winded answer to your question. But, okay, so so you've got a you've got a, a routine of doing it, which works for you, which is brilliant. And yeah. no, let's yeah. not manifest that energetically moving forward it was all it will always be working two hours <laughs> there won't be hitches along the way so <laughs> the conscious communication moving forward two hours track each time it comes through let's put yeah. it out there to the universe <laughs> yes exactly exactly now you said it, it, it it's taken you a while to command the stage are you much more comfortable now do you enjoy performing more now live than previously and is it because you not as hard as you on yourself as you were before or you're letting things go and tell us a little bit more about that yeah I <laughs> funny enough I'm, I'm probably harder on myself now than ever I don't think that'll ever change mm -hmm. um I'm my worst critic by far uh so it's really funny and I won't get into this but it's funny because 
because sometimes, you know, artists, so, and we know we're all, we're all going to get hate comments. And yep. it's really funny because we're so critical of ourselves. Nothing, no hate comment could possibly say anything worse than we've all said about ourselves. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> so I always think about that. So it's like, you know, it's, you know, we're very, you know, critical anyway. So I, in that retrospect, I, I think it'll always be that way. Um, it, sometimes it's, it comes in handy and sometimes it doesn't. Um, yeah. But as, as far as commanding the space and being, you know, that artist on stage, um, I'm an entirely different person than I was like f- even five or six years ago. It's very like it, it, it's honestly incre- really crazy to me. I'm just like an entirely different person. And then I started kind of learning my space of just. I I'll get up there and I, I don't pre-plan anything and I just kind of like have fun with the audience and try to like make jokes and make light of everything. And it just make it a very like fun and exciting space. And before every show um, I always go out and I tell the audience um, to let everything go and forget about, you know, anything that has happened before this show and just, come to have a good time and come to, you know, just forget about any, anything negative or that they're worrying about. And I just want to create this really like, you know, happy and, and or calm or soothing and just relaxing place of just enjoying music and having a good time. And I, I don't know, I, I, I try to really just do that with the audience is just make everybody feel comfortable. Yeah. Um, and I like to just make it seem like, you know, we're hanging out essentially. Yes. And it's just like a one-on-one conversation yes. with me, you know, and the audience. And that's just kind of really, you know, I, I've totally just changed my way of thinking about how to, <laughs> you know, work with people on the stage. But truly, I used to be absolutely terrified. But um, yeah, I don't think like younger me would recognize <laughs> me today on, yeah. on a stage. And um, also, I just really like to crack jokes and laugh and have a really good time because a lot of my songs are very strong, like ballads that yes. are very sad and emotional. So I do like to break that up because I, I don't want people just sitting sitting there in the audience crying and sad the entire time because it very could win, you know, and very well could be, you know, that kind of, you know, vibe with the music I write. And I get that. So I like the juxtaposition between, you know, having people laugh with me and just writing just the most depressing music you've ever heard in your entire life. (laughs) So a few things to comment on. So I love that you say that the younger you uh, wouldn't recognize the present day you. It should be like that for everyone because as we move forward in life, we have aha moments, we learn, we we should be all those tough times, we should be learning the lessons from them to move forward onto the next path into our journey of life. So I'm hoping that everyone listening and everyone in the world shouldn't recognize the young themselves hopefully i'm the same you know it yeah. frustrates me I, as a recipient of being in concerts i'm always a person in front and i <laughs> oh, love awesome. i love going without any expectations of what songs are going to be played you know because i find you know frustrates me is i find the people around me and often i go to uh, concerts by myself because um the, the my <laughs> my friends think i'm strange which is okay <laughs> 
because they, they don't want to be right in front. They don't want to be there the whole day waiting. They find the people <laughs> like, oh, they've already Googled the stage set out. They've already Googled the set list. They already know what the artist is going to be wearing, what, where, how, whatever. And I just sure. go uh, without having done any of that, just being in the moment. And often I'll hear people say, you know, these are the people that have not Google the set list. They'll be like, oh, I hope they're going to sing this song. I hope they're going to sing that song. I hope they're going to sing that song. Instead yeah. of being in the moment and just enjoying the song that's being sung. And then I'll right. hear at the end, oh, they didn't like the show. It wasn't such a great song because they had expectations of what should happen. And instead of just being there and being present in the moment. Yeah, I can, you know, I, I say that about like, about really anything I think you know it's like that you know we're now used to that cliche saying of like expectation is the root of all heartache um but it is and I love that thank you on on the artist side as being someone that comes without expectation but just you know waits and sits in in the front row I think that people don't realize you know those are usually people that have been waiting there all day and yep. get there early. And, you know, thank you for doing that for whomever like you're seeing, you know, that's the, such dedication. And I think that like, that's a part of the art, artistry that like, we don't even think about yep. is, you know, those people that, you know, have driven hours and everything. And that's just, you can't, you can't comprehend that as an artist. That, that's, you know, it's crazy to think of but that. You know, you know what frustrates me even more is the people around me, or have been waiting all day. We are right in front. You as an artist are as close to me as 10 feet away. And yet everyone, except me, <laughs> everyone else around me have got their cell phones out, trying to get the perfect picture or perfect photo or perfect video. And it just, it's like, put your phones down, experience yeah. the moment and enjoy it and just be there presently. You know, it's, I don't know from your side, um, if what your thoughts of uh, seeing all these cell phones trying to get the perfect image, perfect picture, when the people are right in front of you and just experiencing it away from that technology. What are your thoughts around that? Totally. I, I it's, it's really hard because I have like a mixed feeling about it. Okay. So I'm, I'm like on the technology side and like on the, you know, them putting their phones out. I think I've seen it so many times. I try to think of it as like a compliment in a way. And okay. the reason why I say that is, is like someone likes it so much that they want it as like a keepsake for later on their phone, you know, and they're videoing it and, you know, someone cares enough to want it you know on their phone or are that enthusiastic about it so it's kind of like how I try to see that <laughs> in the yeah. sense and and just in, in that sense but I will say for an entire show for someone to just do that the entire time it's like you might as well just like go and watch like the YouTube videos <laughs> at, at that point you know yeah. it's like um put but, it away <laughs> yeah exactly i i think like you know if you had a song you had been you know excited for and loved it's like by all means but yeah for an entire set i don't really i, I don't really get it i it is really about the experience yeah. and, and you know being there and you know it's like it's the differentiation between them sitting in their car listening to a cd of the artist rather than being there and person so it's like you finally got that opportunity to be with that artist and be in that you know present space in person to just be present but 
it's really interesting, but I think that feeling of, you know, putting your phone away and being present Hmm. doesn't, with some people, I don't even think that that registers. I don't think that that is something that they even think about. It's just that it's just a norm and not to get too deep into it, but it's the same. I think it's the same reason why people are on their phones during movies now. And, um, Oh, you know, I shouted at them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. But I shouted um, at them. You know, <laughs> exactly, absolutely. But I, um, I think it's just you know, I, I don't know. It's like a norm, and I think of the same thing. Of I don't know too many people unless they're like on the artist side that listen to an album all the way through anymore without distractions. Like people that just like to listen to an album to listen to an album. So and on that point. Yeah. On that point, way back, it was the physical, the CD, the vinyl, the cassettes. Those, I'm so excited, are making a comeback. I mean, last year, CDs had, for the first time in 21 years, increase of sales. I love CDs. I love the booklet. I love the aesthetic of holding something. But many people these days are listening to the music on the digital platforms. What yeah. are your thoughts around that and the way people consume music now compared to 15, 20, 30, 40 years ago? Yeah, um, it, it truly feel have the same feeling, just like the phone. So it's like both sides. And I, I totally love and agree with you in the sense of, you know, a, as an artist, you know, I've worked so hard on the aesthetic and about putting things together. So that vinyl cover, the photos, the booklet, the whatever the artist decides to put in that, it's just, it's all an art form and something that was planned out and made for the listeners. So the fact that, you know, sales are decreasing and it's all digital, it's just kind of like, that was like an additional piece of art that I feel like is a missed opportunity of people going out to the store and seeing and, and, you know, getting that and, you know, having a physical copy of, you know, this album and this body of work, that's an art piece. And, and you know, that's a shame. And then on the other side, I, I do like the digital platform because then at ever anyone has access to it mm-hmm. at any time. Um, and, and, and like, as long as they have like their phone with them or computer. So I do like, you know, that aspect of it. And then on a music business aspect, I wish that, you know, more people would buy CDs and vinyl because people don't realize, I mean, it's very nice, you know, when people, you know, listen to us digitally, but we like one play is 0.00, like one five cents every single time that they play us. So, I mean, a lot of, you know, ways how artists stay alive is touring and selling merch and their music. So the digital platform has definitely, you know, taken away from, you know, artists, you know, potentially making a living from, you know, selling their vinyl and selling their CDs. Because, I mean, streaming really doesn't pay anything at all. And I know that, you know, there's so many, um, like, songwriters, you know, fighting for their rights every single day to just get paid a normal wage, you know, because this is a job. And I won't get into all of that, yeah, yeah. but uh, I, I really do see, you know, like, both both sides and the accessibility for people. But 
also, you know, it is the, the vinyl and the CD and having that booklet, it's an art form and it's a piece of art. And um, yeah, I really wish that <laughs> I really wish that more CDs and I, I'm so glad vinyl, like you said, is making a comeback. Yeah. Um, but, but, but you know, the thing is for me is that you guys work hard. I mean, yeah. we sit here and see the end result. But yeah. that process of creating that three-minute song, the three-minute video, there's a whole process around that. And yeah. I feel, for me, when I buy the CD, it's an energy exchange of saying, thank you for your hard work, and this is my appreciation for your hard work. And the digital platforms have diminished that, and the consumers, I feel, are... Yeah. Now taking advantage of it and not recognizing the hard work that you guys do because it's yeah. easily accessible. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, it's, um, <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's anytime that you bring someone with just strictly a business mindset with the only, with the only objective is to make money mm. it's, and then bring them into, you know, a creative industry. It's just always going to be like that. You know, I just kind of like, <laughs> it's just how I, 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 I feel is there's just, I, and, and so I, I like being, you know, on the artist, but also the business side. Yep. Um, but yeah, no, it's very, <laughs> it's very, very interesting. And it's a very interesting point. And um, you just really, as the artist, have to see the best of both sides. Because if you don't, you'll just, it'll just be, it'll be another thing to be frustrated about. <laughs> I'm going to put you on the, the spot right now. I love sure. playing this game. Sure. And not overthought. <laughs> <laughs> saying that specifically yeah thank say you. in inverted commas favorite but it's not favorite your top five songs by other artists oh man um <laughs> i think so let's see um this will just be for like right now it's really yes fun. yes it's yes like my, it's in this moment time, in this right? time so, yeah because yeah, if i so, ask this you in an hour or tomorrow or next week it'll be different so totally understand yeah Absolutely. So I'm going to go with um, uh, Detour by Marin Morris. I okay. love Marin Morris. Um, if you don't know who she is, no, an incredible songwriter. Yeah. Um, and then I've been listening to a lot. Do you, do you know Leon Bridges or no? Yes. yes I love, I'm going to say River by Leon Bridges. I love that song and I love him. Um, Scarlet by Holly Humberstone. Okay. Um, I I love. She's out of the UK. She's yes. incredible. Um, Two more. Yes. Let's see. I'm gonna say Paris by the 1975. Okay. Um, and I'll throw in some John Mayer. Let's do uh, "Stop This Train." I love that song. Ooh, I was wondering if you was gonna add him in. <laughs> yeah, of course. Right. I, that's always the. You know, it's either him or Mark Ronson. I gotta alternate between the two. So, yeah. Brilliant. Have you been to South Africa at all? I have not. No, I, that would be so, so wonderful. As a final message, the podcast is listened to throughout the world, South Africa, throughout the world. What's the final message that you'd like to give to our listening audience? Um, I think just to take, live every single day in the moment. And I've been trying to do that so <laughs> it's, it's so much easier said than done, yeah. but I think that I just really want to leave that upon everybody is just to really live every single day 
and just feel more, be more present. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that's super important. I, we're always worried about what's next on our calendar yeah. or an event and uh, as we should be in moderation, but I think it's by truly just like enjoying and being in the moment that you are right now, because you're not going to have that moment again. Perhaps that's cheesy, but sometimes the cheesiest things like are just, <laughs> just, you know, matter of fact and just real. So um, yeah, I think being present and I need to work on that myself. So, <laughs> so it's reminded myself me as well. So <laughs> dropping that mic to the listening audience, be present in the moment. <laughs> this is Celeb Savant <laughs> uh, signing out with Danielle Jure. 